Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome to episode 388 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and joining me is... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. It's been a couple of weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Turns out we've been watching uh, mostly the same shows, and I watched a film that we've been waiting for for quite a long time. Time, yes. Of which its counterpart TV show is completely finished. Yes. Uh, but we will get to that. Silo, I've been watching. Um, it's had, what, eight episodes? I think it's got about two left. Yes. I like it a lot. I don't really care about many of the characters, which mm. is a bit of a problem, especially in a sort of survival type of, you know, risk it at certain points to do things to, you know, type of thing. Definitely going to continue watching it, and it's really ramping up its stakes with a few episodes left. I think it got renewed as well, didn't it? Which it is did, which yeah. is good. So that's great as well. Still waiting on Hello Tomorrow. That's just gone, like, completely quiet. So. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned that might not come back, because Apple's usually fairly quick with its renewals, mm. so the fact that they haven't said one way or another in that i yeah i'm not convinced that's necessarily going to make it but we'll see yeah uh but no i like it i like the mystery of you know what's going on in the outside and you get a bit of backstory at different points i'm also intrigued every time i don't really know the geography of the building of the of the place but every single time they go into like the middle of the silo you know where they got all the stairs and stuff (laughs) something dramatic seems to happen every single time yeah so that like if it's a chase or a fight or whatever the case so that's been quite good so I've, I've enjoyed it not one of my favorite or sort of the better apple shows although that's quite a high bar so yeah there's that but no, i've been enjoying it i just kind of i don't know i'm a bit on and off with some of the characters at the moment what do you what do you think of it i mean i'm really enjoying it and i am liking the characters quite a lot i mean it's it's an interesting show in the they set up the cast and then immediately get rid of a couple of them and you're like oh oh that's interesting okay and then it ends up with with the sort of second episode, another lead character comes forward and they're the person that is there for the entire show. So it's not a thing that's afraid of getting rid of characters when it needs to, which I quite like. If you've not seen Silo, by the way, it's on Apple TV. The the basic premise of it is that there are a bunch of people that are in a silo underground. They've been there for hundreds of years and, and generations. And at some point in the past, there was a revolution and they made these rules that called the pact in the silo that anything that happened before the revolution, you were not allowed to talk about on pain of death, basically. But that includes technology, like weird things like magnifying glasses aren't allowed and they're not allowed to put elevators in the silo or anything that could allow them to get up and down it quicker. So there's odd things like that in there. Mm. And I, I like that sort of odd structure. And then there's this whole mystery of what's going on outside and why they're actually in the silo because nobody knows why they're there other than there are cameras that point outside that show this sort of desolate wasteland. And clearly they, you know, so it, it would seem that they were put in the silo because the outside world is uninhabitable. Or is it? And that's also the sort of mystery. Are they being kept in there for some nefarious purpose or what's going on with the outside? So mm. I like the fact that they've they've got this really interesting story. It is based on a series of books as well. And it, as you mentioned, it has been renewed for a second season. So I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, what I do like about the fact is 
because it's based on a series of books, there is definitely somewhere it could go. Because had this not been based on something, it's one of those things that could end up in a lost situation of it doesn't know where it's going to go. They've written a great first season and then it falls off a cliff. But I have faith, particularly because it's an Apple show, that they know what they're doing with it. So, uh, yeah, I, but there's, there's eight episodes out, two episodes left of that first season. But I, I am really enjoying it. Yeah, there's a bit early on as well. I don't think this is a spoiler. One of the characters thinks that what if the... Because they have like this glass screen where they can sort of look outside and one of them wonders if that's like a green screen sort of trick type thing. And that was quite intriguing um, mm. a bit earlier on as well. So that was good. So no, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I just, I don't know, I'm not as invested in the characters as I thought I would be, but then some of them had died. So Yeah, I do sort of get that in that some of the characters are extremely unlikable. Some of them are, yeah. The, yeah, there is a certain amount of that to it, I think, as well. Mm. Uh, I've been watching How I Met Your Father as well. I found finished the portion of whatever's out i think it's like 2a if you want to yes call it that struggled kind of with the first half and really sort of it, it wasn't great in the first sort of three four episodes um mm-hmm. and then i don't know if it was i paid attention more or if the show actually like got better or whatever but i, I really started enjoying it a bit more in the second half i felt that i know the characters started rounding themselves off a bit better i think i started getting used to them a bit more as well because i think particularly maybe in the first season you're kind of seeing okay how much are they going to copy of like this is the new version of this character and all that yeah. kind of stuff but the characters I feel in the in the later part of this portion of the show start coming into their own a bit more I felt mm-hmm. at least anyway and also with Sophie's love life which is a main core part of the series you know it's about how she met the dad um, yeah. I, I felt got a bit more concentrated because I, I think I remember sort of at the end of the first season beginning of the second she sort of keeps running into exes and like they start getting into scenes and there's like five of them at once and it's like okay who's she gonna be with and at that point it got a bit messy but then some of those kind of went away and went off screen for a bit and obviously you know every sort of what two three episodes with both these sorts of shows they like meet a new person and they say to their group of friends like oh i think this is the one and then it goes where it goes but no i just think it's i just think it got a bit better a bit more entertaining in the in the later half of of this season I think as well they're using the Helmet and Mother characters for the for cameos and stuff, both in the last portion and, and this season, quite well. Mm-hmm. Because what the show kind of needs to do, it needs to find its own feet and its own legacy. How big that's going to be, I don't I don't think the show's going to end up being no. as big as Helmet and Mother, and that's, that's okay, but it needs to find a way to find its own feet. And I think in order to do that, you need to not lean on the Helmet and Mother characters so much, but then use them in cameos where it makes sense. And I feel like in this portion of the season they, they did that I'm not going to spoil who shows up or whatever but I felt like they used it better like there's a cameo later on in this season that sort of gets set up earlier in the season yeah and it kind of made you think that one thing was happening and then it was something else and the way they used that character I thought was a bit smarter and, and that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it's also a case that with these multicam sitcoms I've said this before that like we don't really have a lot of them so I'm kind of like savoring this one that we've got now when it's it's in its earlier sort of seasons so I think it's improved this uh, season and it hopefully will go on for a, for a bit longer as well I don't know about if it'll be 8 or 9 or 10 seasons because yeah. these things go on like a years and years where are you at with the show? Same place you are actually I mean I've finished that first half of the second season second half comes back in July we've got a date for it later cool. but not too far away yeah I kind of agree with you I, I think it, it's a bit like the first season it's sort of first few episodes it, it was a bit all over the place and then it kind of found its feet for the sort of next episodes and it sort of did that again with the second season as well, I think. I know whether it's our perception of it, like us getting back into it, or whether it's the show, I'm not entirely sure. But I'm enjoying it. I don't think it's up there with How I Met Your Mother. I don't think the cast gel as well as the cast did with How I Met Your Mother. Mm, I just don't yeah. think it's a, it's as good a show. But it's enjoyable enough. And like you say, those multicam sitcoms have fallen somewhat out of favour at this point. And I think this is one of the best better ones of those that sort of format you know it's perfectly enjoyable it's 20 minutes half an hour of those characters you know so i mean i i think it's enjoyable enough I just don't think it's it's hitting the sort of extra heights that How I Met Your Mother hit. Yeah, it needs to be good by feeling like its own thing and like it's yeah. not piggybacking off the the other show, which I I think it started to do that a bit more. Yeah. So watch been watching Poker Face. I watched episode three yesterday. I really love it. I really really like it a lot. 
I love how it structures itself as well. And you've got a little bit of a kind of overarching story slightly, but we'll see where, where that goes. Yeah. It gives you a very dramatic, intense opening 10 minutes, which shows you kind of the incident. And then Natasha Leone, I think her name is Charlie. Uh, yes. She comes onto the scene and starts investigating things, but things go a bit back in time. And then you sort of see how events match up and that kind of thing. It's from Ryan Johnson, like you said, who's done the uh, both the Knives Out films. I really, really like it. She sort of really oozes charisma uh, but she did do that in the other shows that she's been in which was Orange is New Black and Rush was it Russian Doll, Russian Doll. yeah the, the other yeah. Netflix uh, thing so she's really really good gives you yeah just this really intense opening 10 minutes I remember I messaged you because I watched the first 10 minutes of the first episode and I thought that, oh like she'll pop up on the scene she'll kind of do this investigation thing they do the first literally eight minutes of the first episode I thought oh my god this show's dramatic already <laughs> yeah it doesn't waste any time so I'm really really loving that got 10 episodes decent length good pacing all that kind of thing and uh, I kind of like the element as well that because obviously she's moving from place to place no, nobody's sort of going with her <laughs> uh, that you meet different characters each yeah. time I did that thing as well in episode 2 the older guy who's a car mechanic in yeah. episode 2 I'm pretty sure that's Mr. Potato Head's voice actor uh... I started hearing him speak and I thought that sounds like somebody from Toy Story it's not not the voice of Mr. Potato Head, but I can see why you think that. And you do recognise it from Toy Story. It's John Ratzenberger who voices Ham in the Toy Story films. Oh, yeah. That's, that makes, that's that, who it that is. That makes sense. Yeah. Because as soon as he started speaking, like it went off in my head, I thought that, that, that sort of connected to Toy Story in some way, but I couldn't quite figure it out at the time. But no, very, very good show. Really much enjoying that. Uh, where are you at with, with Poker Face? I think I've, I've, I've just done episode eight, so I've got a couple left yet. I'm hugely enjoying that show. As I think I called it last week, I mentioned it. It's sort of Columbo for Gen Xers, Gen Zs, <laughs> because it is exactly the same format as Columbo, because that's how Columbo ran, was you have a case of the week and you actually see the incident, which is usually a murder in the first half, and then Columbo shows up in the second half and solves the case. And this is exactly the same format. And it works really, really well. I, I, there are points where Natasha Leon really almost does the uh, just one more thing thing which was always the famous line from Columbo she pretty much does mm. that in some of the episodes uh, and it works very very well and I also same with you I like the fact that because she's moving from town to town they can have some great guest spots I mean like you say there is this sort of overarching story technically there but you're not really following that as much but it gives them a reason for her moving from town to town and why she can't deal with the police which adds this sort of extra interest interesting little dimension to it yeah. um, but it's great because as you move from town to town you're getting some really decent guest spots like John Ratzenberger you've got Tim Blake Nelson is one in there the episode 8 has Nick Nolte in it David Castanella shows up in one of them from Umbrella Academy Chloe Savini is in an episode Ron Perlman shows up in one you know so there's there's some great people that pop up in that there's an episode with Jamila Jamali in there as well from yeah. Good Place. So what I really, really love about that show is the fact that it's just very well structured. It's very well put together. The crimes are really interesting. It's funny. It's dark. Really, really solid throughout and you can actually go and sort of watch your way through it. it is going out technically on sky atlantic i think but you can go on to sky on demand and now and just watch them all because they're all up there and it is renewed for a second season it has been a massive hit on peacock for the us as well so i i'm so nice. happy that's doing so well cool so i've been enjoying that the Flash film yes. has finally actually come out after a lot of years after being due out in 2018 and then having itself changed through a very, very long cycle. <laughs> yeah. So on, on Saturday, I, I did do my one of my full reviews, but I thought I'd mention it over here. I liked it and I thought it was good. good. That's just the base level of that. Had some things in there I really, really liked a lot and some things that I thought were very, very silly and didn't work. <laughs> some key points is I hated the last 20 minutes. Right. Very much enjoyed the first 10 and relatively enjoyed all the bits in between. Both Batman in the film uh, serve really, really good purposes individually. Seeing Ben Affleck's Batman was just awesome again. Mm -hmm. He's not in it for as long as Michael Keaton's Batman's in it a lot longer yeah. uh, and serves more of like a full story purpose gonna miss both of those I, I say that because we have no idea if we're ever gonna see them again as, as Batman it was interesting with Keaton particularly because okay 
does anybody want to see like a 70 year old Batman jumping around turns out yeah that's a very very good idea and also you get the kind of when I was watching Keaton's Batman you get this sense of experience like a veteran experienced Batman that kind mm. of can get himself out of a tricky situations. So that was really really entertaining to watch plus the, the score is in there and that's really cool and fun and yeah. here's a couple of lines which are very iconic like the I'm Batman and let's get nuts type of stuff so that was really good there's this particular scene with let's say Batfleck Ben Affleck's Batman yeah. on a bridge and he's just zipping from car to car and gliding and I was just that was really good it's really sad that of all the I think this is factually correct but you can correct me if I'm wrong he's the only at least live action Batman who has been Batman in films but hasn't had his own film yeah that's probably correct actually yeah because even Adam West had like a TV film kind of thing yes I don't don't know if it got like a cinema release or whatever why is there nowhere to get rid of a bomb which they then ripped off for the third of the Chris Nolan Batman movies (laughs) ironically (laughs) you watch the end of that third Chris Nolan movie in essence, it is that sequence, which is very funny to me. But yes, go on. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, really awesome to, to see again. There's some cameos that are really good. Some other very strange cameos as well. Some of the CG in places is very questionable. For The Flash himself, because you've noticed I haven't talked about The Flash, his stories I, I found to be the least interesting really? of all of them. One of the issues I had, because you've got this, I'll just call him Other Flash, Other Barry, to not get into spoilery stuff, which you've seen from the trailer there's two of them yeah gets in the way like the whole time he's on screen and he's supposed to be irritating and annoying i can't explain why but almost got in the way of the actual character himself because mm-hmm. they're on screen together for a bit of time and that but he's supposed to be annoying but it just gets in the way and there's some emotional stuff like obviously this is dealing with the flashpoint thing going back in time saving his mother there's some stuff with that that really works quite well I thought Sasha Kaye Supergirl is really 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 good and I really hope that she comes back but we've got no idea we don't really know who's going to come back apart from I won't say how or in what type of scene this film makes it very clear that Jason is probably staying on as Aquaman yes I know there were some rumours about him being Lobo and that sort of stuff but there's a scene that clarifies that but other than that we really have no idea who's kind of sticking around Um, but overall the film was, was good it had some parts I really really enjoyed some that I really didn't I could tell it was getting towards the end of the film and I was like if this wraps up here or like kind of finishes off this little arc and wraps up here I'll have really 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 enjoyed it and then the last 20 minutes happened and I didn't feel the same way so that, that's <laughs> kind of my general feelings any thoughts or questions or, or anything well, I, I mean I haven't seen it yet so I can't comment on the actual movie there has been some interesting stories and bits and pieces around obviously we know that uh, Andy Michelle who directed this has been tapped to direct The Brave and the Bold, which is the solo Batman movie within the new DCU. Mm-hmm. With another new Batman. <laughs> yeah, with another new Batman, yeah. As for the characters staying around, Sasha Kelly has apparently spoken to Gunn and Saffron about the possibility of her returning in some way. One possibility for that would be to introduce her as Power Girl, because Power Girl, there, okay. there are two Karas within continuity one being actual Kara which you could recast as the sort of more traditional blonde Kara and then you could introduce Sasha as Power Girl would be one way of doing it now bear in mind I don't know where these people are at the end of this film so I can't comment to, to how that mm-hmm. would work well I mean Zod's in this and his character died 10 years ago and it's yeah. comic booky stuff so exactly. you can always bring people back yeah. yeah I mean there seems to be generally positive reactions to Michael Keaton I was surprised by him because I was excited for Batfleck but like Michael Keaton's not really my Batman and mm-hmm. I thought like oh he's going to be a bit older Is what's he going to be like he was completely just badass yeah. in this film if you wanted to use Michael Keaton again moving forward one way to do that would be to set up a Batman Beyond live action and use yeah. him as that, the old is very ready for like a mentor type of role you could really do that with yeah if you take the same qualities in this film of that character you could definitely do that and i think a lot of people would accept that because then you have a new younger batman as the lead batman and then you will have michael keaton as old batman 
mentoring Terry McGillis. That would make sense as a way of being able to keep Michael Keaton as Batman around if he was interested in doing that without messing up your overall plans of setting up this new conjoined DCU world. So I think there are ways of pulling characters out of this continuity and using them in a slightly different way in the new DCU. So there are some positive stuff from this. Monetary-wise, it's not doing great. It's starting to tank a bit at the box office, which... You know, is a shame, but as a number of the trades have pointed out, that part of the problem is when you can't send the cast out to do promotion for it. Obviously, partly Ezra, you can't stick him in front of a camera because you don't know what he's. Yeah, your main star, who you've got a double of in the throughout most of the film. Yeah, that's a very difficult thing to give him. You know, I mean, he did make an appearance at the premiere, but it was very limited, and they weren't allowed to do press interviews. I'm surprised they even did that. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's that side of things, plus with all the strike stuff going on in the US right now. And I mean, this is going to be a problem for them potentially moving forward. If the actors decide to go on strike, they're not allowed to do press projects either. So uh, mm. if, if that happens, yeah. that's going to be a real problem. Not only for we've got the writers on strike, you also potentially could end up with the actors on strike as well. And if that happens, that's a real issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, One other little interesting nugget, and this isn't going to happen overall. I, I wasn't sure what this film was going to do for like continuity of other films, like what stuff it was going to mention. This film very clearly takes place after Snyder's Justice League because there's events that are mentioned. When those characters mentioned them, I was like, oh, I didn't kind of expect, like I didn't expect the Snyder Cut stuff to be mentioned at all. I thought this was going to function a bit more separately. I think if you, again, if you erase the last 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and like fix just a couple of little things in this film, that could kind of easily slide back into the Snyderverse. Obviously, they're not going to do that, but Mm -hmm. I just found it interesting watching this film thinking you could slide this back into the Snyderverse and I didn't expect to kind of see that happening in this. Makes sense because it was devised as a Snyderverse movie originally and then they altered the ending Mm. to make it fit more with the the new DCU. So it makes sense that that would work. But Uh, but yes, the Flash film. So today we're talking about Flash film, the Flash TV show, and I have a Flash mug as well. So excellent, uh, all very interesting. Yeah, the show's ended. I think we've both seen the ending. What did you think? Uh, it ended. <laughs> um, I, as I said before, I was kind of hate watching that final season. I I really was ready for it to go, and my feeling of how it ended, I was just sat watching it, thinking this could have been so much better than what it was. You had a bunch of different speedsters turn up and kind of gang together. Although, weirdly, you didn't get the original Thorn show up at that point, whereas they had used him slightly earlier on in the season. But then they went with the Wells Thorn version of it for the ending, which I I thought was a little odd. I don't know. I I just I was kind of glad to see it go by the time it had ended. But I I really thought it was all over the place. The final episode, plus that entire final season, having Grant not show up for half of it was a really odd choice. And I mean that may be part of the reason why he agreed to do the final season, of course. But there are entire episodes in that final run that just do not have the flash in them, which is very strange. You know, you compare how this final season went to how the final season of went and they are worlds apart this just seemed cheap all over the place and there were certain characters that you kind of thought would have shown up like Cisco and I mean it's quite entirely possible they just couldn't get the actor to come back but you would have thought that was disappointing yeah you would have thought at least have him show up on a like Skype call or something I mean you would have thought there would be something that you could do with that it just felt very all over the place to me I agree I did like the actual finale itself I thought that was good enough but then I suppose my expectations were lowered so much by that point because of the <laughs> yeah. episodes that we've had. It was just cool to see some of the speedsters back. I won't get into spoilers, but the whole Nora thing was kind of strange. Um, yeah. But, you know, timing, timing, Miami, whatever. I, but by the time you get to the end of the show, it doesn't really care about 
it's fine that it did this. I'm not like, it's just a point of observation. It didn't really care about its own kind of how time sort of works and, and that sort of thing, which was fine because it, I mean, in these kind of things, it doesn't really line up a lot of the time. I thought it ended on a nice note, which it, which is important. Like, where did it actually end? And I thought, so that was an important bit. Ended on kind of a happy note. So that was, that was at least nice for that. This being kind of the end of the whole Arrowverse is sort of strange, but I suppose the, the, the other shows have all either been cancelled or actually finished. I liked when some of the other Arrowverse characters made cameos or appearances. Yeah. And I wish they'd done that more. I mean, like, there was nothing for Legends. Like, I don't know what the end of that is sort of supposed to be or how we're supposed to feel about where those characters are at. Because we saw Batwoman, Dreamer, and Oliver Arrow mm-hmm. in, in three of these episodes. But it's like nothing for Black Lightning, nothing for, for, for Legends particularly. Because like the main core four shows were always Flash, Arrow, Legends, Supergirl. Yeah. Those those were the core four shows for, for quite a while. I mean, it was nice to see Dreamer, but it's strange that, okay, you couldn't get, you know, Melissa to come back for a little something. Yeah. Or, I don't know, it, it, I, I feel fine with it, but at, at the end, yeah, it could have been a lot better, but it was fine, I suppose. Yeah, I it's think- just it's strange. I do, I do agree with you, it is strange that The Flash's final season... How much percentage was he in in the episodes? I know. 20? Um, I know that's a really low number. It certainly wasn't a lot in those final episodes. It was very weird. Mm. Um, The other weird omission from the last episode was Bart. Because, like, they introduced Bart Allen as Nora's brother. And then we get to the final bit and he's not there. And you're like, why is Nora there and Bart isn't it's like they completely forgot about that character <laughs> so i yeah i mean there were just some odd choices and as i say i mean it, a lot of it may just be they couldn't get the actors back but i i don't know i i found the whole thing just mm. quite glad to see the back of it by the time it ended so they both have, have come and gone because we're probably not getting a sequel to the flash if no. we are ezra hopefully Pro- isn't coming back but i did see something andy Mouchet said like oh i've got an idea for a sequel with ezra and it's like <laughs> mm. yeah not not sure about that i mean i'd be i'd be curious to see an actual sequel to the film if you take off the last 20 minutes but uh not with ezra be happy to see all those other characters come back though did james gunn say anything i can't remember anything flash related in the dcu slate no at the moment he's did well clear of that i think probably because the yeah. film was coming out i mean i i suspect True, the yeah. character will show up again at some point but the, he steered very clear of that because of this movie and i think we'll see i mean he didn't really mention anything about wonder woman either so yeah but i'm okay with that i mean i'd rather he focused on superman and batman first and then we'll come to the others later on yeah he's only co-leading the studio and writing and directing a superman film yes. <laughs> you know he's a bit busy right now yeah Exactly. The Flash, obviously, one of the things I was watching this week, Outlander as well returned for its seventh season, which is kind of an interesting one because that's split into two halves of eight episodes. First one's gone out. There was an interesting little bit which was in the trailer, which was of Claire, which was actually a little fake-out scene that they used and he's kind of explained in the very opening of the um, seventh season. But overall, really enjoyed coming back to that. It's a great little show. He's, he's Outlander. I really, really like that series. Unfortunately, it's tucked away on um, Lionsgate Plus these days, so you've got to get an extra subscription for it. I mean, he's only five ninety nine oh. a month, so you could wait like eight weeks and then binge your way through season seven if you pay that for what stars used to be that's what stars play used to be in the uk stars yes. play yeah um, and it's yeah. it's now it's still stars the channel in the us but it's called lionsgate plus in the uk all the previous seasons are on there but you could wait until the last episode goes out on august 5th so you could wait until sort of middle of august and just pay for a month and go and binge through the seventh season and turn it off again opening i thought was really strong for that we're very much getting into the battle of independence from the british and it's just of which side will they fight on and all that sort of stuff i like the sort of historical context stuff i know it's sort of a made-up history but it's based on historical events and very much enjoyable that it's out on lionsgate plus now for the first episode of that right now one thing that i have actually binged my way through the whole thing is the arc which took forever to land over here it's a uh, u.s sci-fi channel series it's from jonathan glasner who was one of the co-creators of stargate sg1 and dean devlin who was behind leverage librarians the original stargate film he was a screenwriter for 
for that. So it's it's some of the people behind Stargate that have done this new sci-fi thing. The basic setup for the arc is takes place hundreds of years in the future when planetary colonization missions have begun as a necessity to help secure the survival of the human race. First of these missions is a spacecraft known as Arc 1. It encounters a catastrophic event causing massive destruction and loss of life. With more than a year left to go before reaching their target planet and a lack of life-sustaining supplies and loss of leadership, the remaining crew must become the best versions of themselves to stay on course and survive. It's got the same sort of level of jokiness and humour as SG-1, I would say, as you go through it. It's not got the quality. (laughs) It would be fair to say this is a very, very, very cheap show. It's all set within the arc, so it's all shot on standing sets. So they've built an arc set which they use repeatedly and they're not landing on planets as they go along or anything like that. So the whole thing is shot on a soundstage. And if you know anything about TV production, you know that that is a lot cheaper to do. Like there are episodes of Star Trek which are based within the Enterprise. And the reason that there are certain episodes that are based within the Enterprise is because it's much cheaper to do that than to go and send them off into the desert to pretend it's a planet sort of thing and do that sort of broadcast. So filming in a studio is cheap with the best love in the world. And I do like the cast. They're not going to be winning any awards for their acting. I don't think it is. I mean, there are bits of it which are not great. But the overall story I found really compelling. I think it's written really well. You start off with this big something hits the ship, basically, and blows up a bunch of the they're all in cryostasis pods and it hits the ship, blows up a bunch of the cryostasis pods and they happen to be the pods that have the leadership in them. So that's sort of the starting point. So you end up with this this sort of group of people which are not completely leaderless because there are some sort of lower level leaders in there, but they have to sort of figure all that out, but then goes off in some kind of interesting, unexpected directions as you go through it as well. There's relationships between the various different people of sort of those conspiracy things going on within the ship and there's people there that probably shouldn't be and all that sort of stuff so overall whilst it is a very very cheap show and the acting certainly isn't top notch but plays well enough it's funny in places and the story itself i think is really solid i just wish they'd been given a little bit more of a budget it has been renewed for a second season which i'm glad to see and like i say i suspect it's an incredibly cheap show to produce for sci-fi and we're kind of starved of like little sci-fi things and i think they did a reasonable job with this you know don't expect something that is the expanse it's not anywhere near that level of quality to it But if you can sort of look past that and just enjoy the story, the story itself, I think, is very, very solid and found myself just binging through episodes of it. So compelling enough, I think. It's going out weekly on Sky Sci-Fi in the UK, but you can go and get it all on Sky On Demand and now. Not love today, yeah. Worth going to check out, though. Black Mirror returned for season six as well, which is the other thing. Have you stepped into any of these yet? I was going to check out one episode, but then I just kept watching Poker Face. So (laughs) uh, I think... I might finish that and then watch Black Mirror otherwise I'll be in between two shows I did watch the first couple of episodes of Black Mirror both of which I really enjoyed the first episode which is the Joni's awful episode that's the one where this woman discovers that there is a global streaming platform so basically Netflix it's called Streamberry is the the name that they're using it but it is Netflix I mean it is and uses the Netflix sound effects a global streaming platform has launched a prestige TV drama which is an adaptation of her life in which she's portrayed by Hollywood A-lister Salma Hayek. That's got Annie Murphy in the lead alongside Salma Hayek. It's got Michael Sarah pops up in there, Himish Patel, Rob Delaney and Ben Barnes are also in there. I rather enjoyed that episode. I found that quite fun. Taking the Netflix algorithm and the fact that it tailors things specifically to your tastes and pushing that to an extreme, which is what Black Mirror does so well. The second episode, which is Lock Henry, which is a young couple who travel to a sleepy Scottish town to start work on a genteel nature documentary, but find themselves drawn into a local juicy story involving a shocking event from the past. 
That I really liked as well. That one's got John Hanna in it. Basically, this couple turn up to do this documentary about some sort of bird thing. The guy out of the couple is from that area. They're staying with his mother, the girl who's his girlfriend, and they're making this documentary together. And when they're there, they bring up this fact that sort of 20 years earlier, there'd been this sort of murder. And she then wants to do the documentary about the murder. And it, it all gets a bit weird from there. But I really like that episode as well. I've not watched the rest of them yet. Um, Next one up is the Aaron Paul, Josh Hartnett one, which I'm quite looking forward to. So I've got those. uh, There's only five episodes, so I've got three left to go through. But um, solid enough, I don't think it's necessarily up there with some of the best Black Mirror episodes so far. I I don't know whether it's it's just because you kind of know what Black Mirror is at this point, and maybe the twists are getting a bit more predictable, but I think it has had sort of mixed reviews to this season, but I, I enjoyed certainly the first two episodes. I think they landed reasonably well for me. We'll have to see how the how the rest of it goes, but those five episodes are now up on Netflix. You can go and check those out. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> come in. NBC have cancelled American Auto, which was Justin Spitzer, who did Superstore series. That was his other sitcom, but they have picked up his other sitcom as well, So, which is called St. Dennis, uh, St. Dennis Medical. So they've picked up a medical sitcom, but dropped American Auto after two seasons. American Auto ran on Sky Comedy over here. So, you know, they're still working with Justin Spitzer, but traded one for another. I did see a trailer for that, and I thought, oh, it's from the Superstore. Right, I'll check it out. But I guess I I'll just wait and check out his other show now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. both seasons, I think, are now up on Sky Comedy, so you can go and check out American Auto. It just didn't quite have the numbers, I think. Young Rock has also been cancelled after three seasons, which was always fairly middling. I rather enjoyed that show. I found it quite fun, but numbers-wise, it was always fairly middling for NBC. So that has gone after three seasons. Um, Rock's not having a great time at the moment because he's had a no, number of things like dropped. And, Fast and Furious. Yes, he's had things cancelled and dropped and all that sort of stuff. So that's yeah, a show. Black Adam didn't work out. Yep. I'd have liked to have seen a Black Adam versus Superman or Shazam or a combination of those or something. Yeah, not going to And that was before James Gunn came in. Yes, yes, that was not James Gunn's fault. That was prior to James Gunn being there. The other thing they've dropped is Grand Crew, which never aired in the UK, but that was uh, Echo Kellum from Arrow and Nicola Byer were the two leads on that one, but uh, that's been dropped as well. Uh, I think that was the lowest rated thing on the network, so that's gone. Uh, Over on the CW... They have cancelled Gotham Knights, which was one of the three shows. The other two have made it, but uh, Gotham Knights was the one that has gone, which I can't say I'm upset about because it was another one of those Belantiverse things that really didn't respect any of the continuity or any of the comic book stuff to the point that they killed off Batman, which is fair enough. I mean, they've had that in various other media, but they killed off Batman and then instead of using one of the other Robins as the adopted son that tries to take over, they invented an entirely new character. Mm, there weren't enough Robins to choose from. <laughs> yeah, and there's like five or six Robins to choose from and you invent an entirely new. I, I don't get it. Mm. Really made no sense to me. It doesn't really fit into anything either. No, I can't say I'm upset that that has gone. The general reaction to it was it was rubbish. So, but Gotham Knights has gone after one season. I'm guessing that just as you isn't going anywhere. 
I either. rather suspect not. I don't think that will be announced to be cancelled. It will just not be spoken about again, I think. Yes. I, <laughs> Otherwise, I, we would have heard about that by now. So. Yeah, I think that's gone. Over in the UK, Channel 4 have cancelled the BAFTA award-winning Big Nasty show after five seasons. Don't know what the reasoning for that, other than Channel 4 are trying to cut back and save money. I was going to say, is that one of their budget things? It seems to be one of their budget things. But yes, I mean, to say it did win BAFTAs. It's an odd one to remove, but that one has gone. Staged, which returned for its third season, they have confirmed is the final season of Staged as well, which is fair enough. I mean, they're basically saying, look, it came out of a lockdown kind of project that was me and Michael messing around. This is David Tennant talking about it. So it came out of a lockdown project that was us messing around on Zoom. And we've done three seasons of it and it was a very particular point in time and that's it. They won't be doing more of that. I did look for um, season three on BBC yesterday. I noticed episode seven's description, I think it's episode seven, is like outtakes and bloopers. So I'm going to watch that as like, if it queues up in the way it's supposed to, that will be the, the last bit, which will be a fun way to finish watching that. I guess I'll take a little bit more time to watch that then. It was a really good fun idea and it, it's interesting that that came out after Good Omens, didn't it? First Think so, season. Yes. Because I remember when we'd all seen Good Omens, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, David Tennant and uh, Michael, uh, what's his surname? Sheen. Sheen. I was thinking of Shannon, but that's that's odd from Flash. We were thinking like, oh, you know, they got such great, you know, chemistry and that kind of stuff. It'd be great. It, we'd even watch them just sit around chatting. And then this show came around and kind of fulfilled that. You, you've seen all the third season, right? Yes. You watched it on Breakbox, didn't you? Yes. So, and yeah, then they got, uh, surprisingly, they still got that Good Omen season two coming out, haven't they? In, yes. um, in July. So we'll see where that goes. Lots of good stuff coming up one other show which i mean hasn't even got started but um unfortunately is being canned is metropolis which was a tv show from the guy that did mr robot san ishmael uh-huh. and uh, it was based on the absolute classic fritz lang sci-fi film and he was doing a show for Apple TV. It had been ordered, and apparently that's now not moving ahead due to the writer's strike. They've completely shelved it, which, I mean, whether that's an excuse Uh. to shelve it, and it just wasn't working the way that they wanted it to. I don't know, but um, that has definitely. Gone. I hope that doesn't become a regular thing. Yeah. This is kind of it keeps going on, doesn't it? This writer strike. Yes, and it will go on for as long as the writers can keep it going on. I mean, they don't look like they're going to cave anytime soon, and nor should they. I'm very much with the writers on that. Yes, unfortunately, that which looked like it could be quite interesting, but unfortunately, that isn't going to happen. Over on the renewal side of things, Superman and Lois has been renewed for season four and All-American Homecoming has been renewed for season three. Although Superman and Lois has got a bunch of cash reductions. Homecoming will also have cash reductions. We just don't know what they are. So the only people coming back as series regulars in Superman and Lois are going to be Tyler, Elizabeth, so Superman and Lois, Michael Bishop and Alex Garfin, who are the two children, and Michael Cudlitz, who was introduced in season three, which we haven't seen over here yet, but uh, he's introduced as Lex Luthor in season three as a recurring character. He's now been upped to a series regular for the fourth season. So not coming back are Dylan Walsh, who played Sam Lane, Emmanuel Chikri, who played Lana Lang, Eric Valdez, who played Kyle Cushing, her husband, Indy Navretta, who played Sarah, their daughter, Wolf Parks, who played John Henry Irons, Taylor Buck, who played Natalie, his daughter, and Sophia Hasmick, who played Chrissy, who was the sidekick character from the newspaper where Lois works. So all those who were series regulars in the first three seasons have not been invited back as series regulars for season four. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be there at all. You know, they're not going to suddenly all all disappeared and got abducted or whatever, or just moved out. It means that their contracts as series regulars have ended. So they've effectively been fired. They then can technically go back and say, actually, would you mind coming back and doing a guest spot or signing a recurring role contract? The actors at that point are then quite welcome to say no. So you may or may not see some of these characters come back in some form, but you're not going to see them as much on screen. I mean, it was a fairly large cast anyway, and seems a bit odd that there were that many series regulars. 
So it sort of makes sense, but it's a cost-cutting measure, essentially. It does slightly worry me that they are cutting costs so much because one of the things that worked with that Superman series was the fact that it felt a much higher quality to, than all the other yeah, more so like a stuff. HBO show at certain points. Yeah, it felt like it was shot at a much higher quality than the other Arrowverse series. And unfortunately, the fourth season is usually when things fall apart with those Belantiverse shows. Mm. So I'm a bit sort of, I'm not sure whether this is a good idea. Was it not able to be moved to, I guess it's Max now. Was it not able to be moved over? Well, CW still wanted it. So oh, right. okay. it's up to them whether they renew it or not. If CW said, no, we don't want it, then technically, yes, you could have moved it across onto Max if they wanted to do that. But I think they're also trying to keep a lot of the Max stuff as being things that are within the connected DCU. Mm, and like the new DCU TV shows. Like things like Peacemaker and anything else that is coming up, you know. Yeah. So we'll see when season four comes around. We don't know when season three is going to drop in the UK. It will probably be over the summer at some point. It may be autumn, but it is not had a date for it yet, but the BBC don't announce dates that far out. So along with Superman and Lois and All-American, over on Netflix, they had a big event. So a couple of the things that they just announced as straightforward renewals. FUBAR, which is the Arnold Schwarzenegger series, that is coming back for a second season. I haven't watched the first one of that yet. It's maybe I'm off on holiday at the, in the middle of the weekend day. Maybe one that I go and download onto an iPad so I can watch it on the plane. But that has been renewed for a second season. Exo Kitty has been renewed for a second season as well. Silo has been renewed for a second season, as we mentioned earlier. Velma, which is the rather controversial adult Scooby-Doo thing has been renewed for a second season at max and in the uk ridley which is the adrian dunbar detective drama on itv has been renewed for a second season have you seen any clips or parts of that Velma show only very very tiny bits of clips and i was just not that interested mm. you know yeah i haven't seen the first episode but i've watched enough people watch the first episode that i've basically watched the first episode right and it was quite horrible yeah i just in in many different ways there's one character change that i didn't understand i can't remember his name but they haven't got shaggy in there they've got i can't even remember what the guy's name was some other character right the funny part about that was so they had the other two which is Velma and... It's Velma, Fred and... Fred, Daphne yeah. are the other three members of right. the gang. There was the one who was everybody kind of thought was Shaggy, and he was a black character. And of course, people said, oh, why are you race swapping the character and stuff? That's not Shaggy, that's somebody else. Right. But I don't understand why that character was in there and not Shaggy, because I don't know who that guy actually is. So yeah. that was all like a really weird thing. It just seems like a very odd thing to do, an yeah. adult version of Scooby. It just seems so unnecessary. And doesn't have Scooby-Doo in it, well, as, far, as far as I know. So. Yeah. Yes. But it's more like a detective-driven Velma show which is more like slightly more r-rated yeah and it's it, one of those the whole things is a strange just a strange idea yeah <laughs> it's one of thing, those things that you kind of think they could have done something original and not attached beloved characters to them and mm. it would probably you could have just spun Velma well. off separately on her own and just done that you could have just done it as an entirely original thing it looks to me like being a blatant trying to use their name yeah tagging the name on to get people to watch it whereas it doesn't really have any connection to anything because if this had good numbers and that's why it's getting renewed it's because it's being hate watched by loads of people yes <laughs> not because people think it's good and they go oh we should watch the show it's like a car crash thing where it's like, oh my god you have to watch this show because it's so bad and you have, you have to see what it is moving on to pick up some other news we have got a bunch of air dates uh, advanced air dates for things so Lincoln Lawyer is returning for season two that's actually been split into two parts so first part comes on Thursday, the 6th of July. Part two is the 3rd of August. So uh, they've done that with a number of shows recently on Netflix, which I, I think is an interesting way of running. I think they should stuff. be experimenting more. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think rather than dropping things weekly, which they generally don't do, I think this is a nice balance between the two. Drop a bunch of them together so people can binge if they want, but also gives them a bit more traction on the social media side of things. So mm. you have two set dates where it's going to be pumped out on social media. And I, I, yeah. I sort of, I get that because it is a metric that they use. So it worked out really well for Stranger Things, like when they did exactly. those seven and then they had like a double big finale 
finale thing. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, turn it into a bit more of an event kind of thing. So they should yeah. do more of that. And Lincoln Lawyer was great. I really enjoyed the first season of that. I mean, it feels very much like a sort of detective drama that should be on CBS. I think it was actually made for one of the networks originally. Oh. And then they decided not to go for it and it got moved over onto Netflix. And it does still feel a bit like a network thing. But it's in that sort of dramedy elementary kind of area. And it works really, really well. Very good that first season. So um, I'm really glad to see that back. The Bear now has an air date for its second season. That's on Disney Plus. That's on the 19th of July. Uh, Dave season three, that uh, comedy is also landing on the 19th of July on Disney Plus as well. Almost Paradise, which is a, another sort of action dramedy thing. I think it was Daryl who said last week we were talking about it and uh, he mentioned that it's a little bit like Burn Notice, that show. But uh, that's coming to Freebie on uh, Friday, the 21st of July. That's Almost Paradise Season 2. Stars Christian Kane and it's another show from Dean Devlin. Dean Devlin, who's all over the place at the moment. I mean, you know, this, the arc, Leverage redemption they've got a new librarian series they're making for the cw as well so uh, yeah lots of things in the works right now how i met your father season two part two that returns on the 26th of july on disney plus so that is coming back sandition which is back for its third and final season finally uh, having already run out in the u.s but that's landing on the 3rd of august on itv x Billions Season 7, that has a premiere date of Saturday the 12th of August. That's on Paramount Plus UK, which I know has upset some people because it used to run on Sky Atlantic, but unfortunately Sky no longer has a carriage deal for the Paramount shows, so now all the Paramount shows launch on Paramount Plus. I do hope that that final season does get maybe a second run on Sky for people that haven't got Paramount, but... That's the way the streaming world works. Things, yes. things move around. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Season 7 will be the final season, although they have got a bunch of uh, spin-off shows that they're working on but final season of the main show that's 12th of august that's landing so that's going out the day after the us i mean that is the one advantage of it being on streaming is the fact that it's running the day after the us so you know it is there elite returns for i think it's season seven uh october 20th on netflix that is back And just wanted to clarify, and I did put a tweet out about this, but for people that may have been looking around for a Walking Dead Dead City UK air date, there was some rumours flying around it was going to be on Disney Plus UK. It isn't. That was untrue. It wasn't the fault of the person that tweeted it because she got told by AMC Plus that it was going out on Disney Plus UK. I think they thought that they looked at it and saw Walking Dead was on Disney Plus UK and had thought that Dead City had been sold to them as well. It hasn't. The only reason Disney Plus UK aired the main Walking Dead show was because they happened to have the license left over from when they closed the Fox channel. Uh, It's the same reason that they have NCIS on Disney Plus. There is no reason why Disney would be airing The Walking Dead because they don't buy in shows. I mean, it's just not what they do. Apart from those two series, they're anomalies. They don't buy in other stuff because they're not exactly short of content. I mean, they've got ABC, (laughs) FX, along with all their own Disney, Marvel stuff. They've got Freeform to pick from. They've got Hulu. So they're not short of stuff to put on the service. So there's no reason why they buy it in external shows. It's just frustrating that AMC do not sell their things to anybody else over here. Yeah, it does make you wonder what they are doing. It's not just The Walking Dead, but I mean, we've had this conversation numerous times on our Walking Dead podcast and some other, every time that like, podcast plans has come up for us, because a number of shows that they've got, which are just, they just haven't put mm-hmm. them anywhere. It's, it's strange. And like we expected Fear's final season to be on that BT channel and stuff because it had been on there since, well, since the start. But I hope they don't start, e- either use that, but put that channel in other places or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or launch AMC Plus would be the most obvious thing. Yeah. yeah. Or sell it somewhere, there, sell the whole thing to, to Amazon or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of places you could sell it or you could launch your own thing, but they've just not taken any option. Because uh, I think I think it premiered yesterday, didn't it? Dead City. Yeah. I think it, well, it was either yesterday or earlier in the week. I can't remember. I think it might yeah. have premiered on the, because it goes out, I think, a week before on AMC Plus, I think, and then goes I out. I forgot about on, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then goes out on the AMC channel the week afterwards. I think that's the case. 
The interesting point that Martin, who's one of our regular contributors on the website, pointed out was the AMC shows were previously sold through E1 internationally, but AMC ended the distribution deal. The last one that they did for AMC was World Beyond, which they sold to Amazon. Um, They're now distributing things themselves, except they're not. So technically, it's AMC directly that are responsible for the distribution of their shows, but they're not distributing them, which sort of points towards maybe they are gearing up to launch an AMC Plus. They're taking their sweet time doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know why, you know, when you've got these big shows there i don't know why you've not either made an announcement to say hey it's coming or launched it already because it's not they've got yes they wouldn't have the main walking dead show because that's still on disney right now and maybe they're waiting for that license to expire but that show's done anyway and now you've got the other walking dead stuff i don't know why they're not just launching with that and you've still got Vampire Diary, uh, not Vampire Diaries, you've still got... Uh, you've inter- done the mistake yes. <laughs> You've still got Interview with the Vampire, you've got Mayfair Witches <laughs> that can go on there. You've got, um, was it Lucky Hank, I think is the, the other one? The There's Bob a Bob Odenkirk thing. Yeah, the yeah. Bob Odenkirk show. They've got enough content to be able to launch it at this point. And they've got a thing. decent back catalogue. Yeah. There well. is a reasonable back catalogue of stuff. There is enough content for you to be able to launch a sort of five ninety nine streaming service in the UK. And I don't know why they've not done that yet. It's weird. I thought they liked money, but maybe I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> it is odd that they seem to be hoarding them right now. So we don't know what they're going to do with it. But at the moment, Dead City does not have a UK air date anywhere, which, I mean, not that we condone people going to find them somewhere else, but what do they expect? Fan, Our people have already done that. Yeah. Would, would have already done I that. Mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen links for floating around online for it already and what do they expect people to do because i mean you know you've got a rabid fan base like the walking dead fan base they're going to go and find it somewhere else so you know what can you do speaking of streaming services and stuff netflix had a huge event over the weekend one of their big to dumb global fan events and uh, there was lots of news that came out of that but i've picked out a few kind of key bits and pieces one of the Big pieces of news. What Linda Hamilton of Terminator fame is going to be coming to Hawkins for the fifth and final season of Stranger Things. She had a rather cute little quote. We don't know who she's going to be playing, whether she'll be on the side of the kids or, you know, on the side of evil. Don't know. But she did say, I don't know how to be a fangirl and an actress at the same time. I'm going to have to work on that, she said at the event. So clearly she's a fan of the show. There was a, a cute little sort of handoff during the event as well because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger it was just after he made the announcement about Fubar and then handed over to Linda Hamilton and she like turns around and goes hi Arnold loved you to see you let's get coffee you know so uh, I thought that was quite sweet but <laughs> yes I like the fact that they they're picking actors who are sort of big 80s actors I mean I know Linda Hamilton's been in a number of things since but that they're sort of well-known big kind of 80s stars that they're using for this show and uh, I rather like that because it's sort of appropriate for it but yes I'm very happy to see Linda Hamilton yeah, that's very cool. They also released a trailer for One Piece, the live action version of the beloved anime series. Now, I mean, this actually looks all right from the trailer. I, I mean, only saw some, some screenshots. And the reaction to it seems to have been okay, which is good, because given what happened with Cowboy Bebop, which is their last attempt at a live action anime, and absolutely was trashed by the fans... I hope this goes down better. One Piece, if you don't know the anime, follows Monkey D. Luffy, a young man who, inspired by his childhood idol and powerful pirate red-haired Shanks, sets off on a journey from the East Blue Sea to find the titular treasure and proclaim himself the King of the Pirates. Putting together his crew, the Straw Hat Pirates, the gang experience crazy adventures, unveiling dark mysteries and battling powerful enemies, all in order to reach the most powerful, coveted of all fortunes, One Piece. It's coming on the 31st of August. It looks reasonable and quite fun from the trailer they released. Anime is not really anything that you're into either. So, uh, I mean, I imagine you've not seen the original anime. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how well it stacks up, but the reactions I've seen online seem to have been generally favorable. Yeah, no, it's very popular in that. So, hopefully, it does well for the, you know, the fans that really love it. I've seen bits of One Piece. I think I've played like some of one of the demos or something for one of the games, mm-hmm. which was uh, pretty decent. So, I, I may or may not check this out, but hopefully, it does well. There is another live action 
anime thing, which is a live-action version of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is coming in 2024. Didn't release a trailer for this, but they did release some photos, and the, the photos look pretty decent. Sorry, it was this that I saw photos for, not the other Right. Show. I got yes. the mix up. <laughs> Photos look okay for this. This is quite yeah. reasonable. The setup for it is basically the same as the opening monologue in the original anime series, which is long ago, four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, can stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Ang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone but I believe Aang can save the world that was the opening sort of monologue from a couple of the characters and it is basically the setup for the live action version as well I mean, it was quite interesting when this was posted because the pictures look quite good. Uh, I mean, we don't know more about it than that. The only response I saw was, well, it can't be any worse than the live action movie. <laughs> so, because <laughs> there was a live action movie a few years ago and it was universally trashed by the fans. I, I think this has been slightly more faithful, which is good. And uh, hopefully they managed to pull this off. But th- those are the two live action anime things coming. The other thing is they released a sort of trailer which didn't really give a huge amount of way but uh, for three body problem which is this new sci-fi based on a beloved Chinese sci-fi novel from Alexander Wu alongside David Benetoff and D.B. Weiss, who are the names that you all know for the people that managed to drop the ball on Game of Thrones. It's set against the backdrop of Chinese Cultural Revolution, where a secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming, planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over a world seen as corrupt or to fight against the invasion. The title is a reference to the three-body problem of orbital mechanics, which I am not going to go into. But I mean, on the plus side, it is a finished story. So it means that Benetoff and Weiss actually have an ending to this, potentially. And they did a reasonable job whilst they had a script to work from on Game of Thrones. It's just there is a lot of bitterness towards them for that as well. It looks like it's going to be a very high-level, high-concept sci-fi. We'll have to see when it comes in January 2024. I don't know whether you caught the trailer for this. I didn't, but, you know, people were upset with what they did with Game of Thrones. That was in, what, 2019? So it's been a long time. I think it's time to let them just... I mean, some people aren't going to let that go because some people are, are kind of like that, but this hasn't got anything to do with Game of Thrones. So just, uh, yeah, give them another chance, give them a fresh start and see what they can... I would still would have been curious to see what it was they were going to do with Star Wars. Um, well, we've, yes. had a num- we've had a number of directors sort of come and go. They were going to do new projects and stuff, but... Yeah, let's see what they got with this kind of hopefully fresh start for them. As I say, whilst they had a book to work from for Game of Thrones, they did a really, really good job. And there is a book to work from from this. So maybe they'll pull it off and maybe it will be good. It's slightly worrying that it's on Netflix because if it doesn't get the numbers in the first season, it will disappear off the face of the earth. But I mean, who knows? We'll have to wait and see with that. But that's three body problem. It is coming in January 2024, they have said. And there is a sort of trailer up which gives you clips of sort of ooh look at this isn't it spectacular clips rather than actually giving away any plot or anything but it does look kind of interesting so we'll Hmm. see so that's all the news we've got for this week just some highlights for the next couple of weeks on TV actually We're doing highlights for the next couple of weeks because I am going on holiday later on this week. And so I'm definitely not doing a show next week. I may actually put some bits and pieces out over the next few weeks. I'm technically not back in the country until the 25th of July. I don't know what's going to go out over the next few weeks or not, but hopefully I'll have some interviews and stuff to go up, even if it's not a regular podcast show. But uh, to keep you going, at least until the end of June, we have got a whole bunch of air dates coming up and there's some really interesting stuff in here. So uh, we'll start off on the 21st of June, which is when Secret Invasion drops on Disney+, Plus, which I'm very much looking forward to. So mm. uh, 
that we're back new marvel series and just like that returns on the 22nd of june at 9 p.m on sky comedy that's the second season of the sex and city revival not going out is back with lee mack on the 23rd of june that's on bbc one at 9 30 there is a show called i'm a virgo coming to prime video that's on the 23rd of june i it's from boots riley who is a wonderfully strange director it's a fantastical coming of age series about a 13 foot tall young black man in oakland california I have seen the opening episode of this. I really rather enjoyed it. It's a very kind of strange comic booky, but quite grounded, although got this fantastical sort of vision of this 13 foot kid in it. It's really, really interesting, but uh, it's called I'm a Virgo. That's Prime Video on the 23rd of June, if you want to go and check that out. Magnum PI returns for its fifth season. That's on Sky Max. That's on the 25th of June at 9 p.m. And uh, also on the 25th of June, you've got Titan season four landing on Netflix. So that will be the final season of Titans. The Blacklist returns for season 10. That's on the 25th of June on Sky Max. That's at 10 p.m. And that's the final season of that as well. So another final season. Hudson and Rex returns for its fifth season. That's on Alibi. That's on the 25th of June at 7 p.m. Popmaster makes its debut on TV, having been on the radio for 20 odd years. Ken Bruce is doing a TV version of the iconic radio quiz Popmaster. That comes to more for on the 26th of June at 8pm and he's running throughout the week I think it's it's only five episodes so I think it's only running for the one week but I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes down be interesting to see Popmaster on TV The Good Doctor is back for the second half of its sixth season that's on Sky Witness on the 27th June at 9pm 911 Lone Star returns to Disney Plus for the second half of season four that's on the 28th of June there is a new Apple TV Plus show called Hijack which stars Idris Elba. It's told in real time. That follows the journey of a hijacked plane as it makes its way to London over a seven-hour flight. It's from the guys that made Criminal, the Netflix series, and have done oh. a whole bunch of other things. I think they did Litvinenko as well, the ITVX thing with David Tennant. Great, great writers. Uh, it's a real-time thing. It's got Idris Elba in it. I've seen a couple of reviews of people that had previews of it and said it looks really, really good. 28th of June on Apple TV for Hijack. And I think that could be one worth checking out. 29th of June, you've got The Witcher returning for season three, part one. So that is back for Henry Cavill's final outing as Geralt. Then we've got Jack Ryan season four returning. That's on the 30th of June. And lastly, we have The Last Leg, which is back for season 28. That's on Channel 4 on the 30th of June at 10 p.m. Lots of stuff coming up until the end of the month. some good stuff there. Yeah, some really good stuff. I'm definitely going to be checking out Hijack, I think. I'm very glad to see the Blacklist back. I'm looking forward to that. As I said, uh, I Am Virgo is certainly, if you like those slightly more fantastical kind of things, that is one certainly worth looking at. And uh, Secret Invasion, obviously, as well. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? They can head over to entertainmenttalk.org or on your podcast platforms. TV, games, films, main night podcasts. I've got some, a few TV seasons, uh, reviews uh, lined up, still doing gaming talk. Had a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We were very, very impressed with Starfield. So we mm-hmm. talked all about that and I talked about how I'm going to make my character look like Buzz Lightyear or try to at least. <laughs> so that should be some fun. As well as all the other, there's been a lot of like gaming stuff lately. So we covered that. Film reviews, I've been doing a few more of those recently got little mermaid got the flash if you're curious about that i'm going to try and see spider-man very very soon so you got that and if the glazers ever decide they want to sell and we can get on with our transfer business that would be great as well so uh, many United are in this sort of hiatus part where we're trying to buy people trying to sell the club but it's all in a bit of an annoying limbo sort of state so we'll see how that goes as well i'm going to try to do my uh, season wrap-up podcast this week just focusing on the season that just went so you can check out all that that's me yep so go and check matt out over at entertainmenttalk.org Bex of course is still streaming over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S go and check her out over there for lots and lots of fun streams she's been doing Diablo 4 recently so if you want to go and see mm. some video play through Diablo 4 I think she that's what she's currently on but there's lots of other stuff and some just chatting streams and all other things going on over there but Bex is always great fun to go and watch so go and check her out 
and Daryl, you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love, which are shot in Canada. As I mentioned, I'm going to be off, so the shows are going to be sort of sporadic until about the 25th of July, but there will be news going up on the website, which you can go and check out at geektown.co.uk throughout the week, so there's all that stuff going up. Uh, that will still be running. There's air dates going to be going up and changing, so you can go and check all of that stuff out as well. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on Instagram at geektown UK, and on TikTok at geektown UK. That is everything. I shall see you in around about a month. Uh, Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.